Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. and welcome back to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. This is episode 149 and of about 139 of those probably. I've been joined by my partner in crime who's joining me again today. It's Matt. Only one thing to say mate isn't there? What's that? Welcome to the family Antonio. Hey, welcome <laughs> to the family. Hey, hey, do you ever see a stupid film with Hugh Grant called Mickey Blue Eyes? I know the film, but I haven't watched it. It is a stupid... Right, Hugh Grant, being uh Englishman, talks over a plum in his mouth, goes off, and he's in New Jersey, New York, and he falls in love with the daughter of, like, a mafia family. And so they all talk, like, hey, whoa, hey, like, the whole way through. It's just a parody. It's very funny. But anyway, they, because he's got blue eyes, they call him Mickey Blue Eyes. Hey, it's Mickey Blue, like that. <laughs> and any time, like, people are doing that kind of silly Italian kind of, like, whoa, hey, I always think of that. It's so stupid. <laughs> Do you know what, though? He's just, I know we're going to completely start off going off a topic, but I watched yeah. something the other day, on the other day, the other week with Hugh Grant in it, and he played this, like, really scary character, I forget who he really? was. I think, yeah, it was in a film and he actually played a. You're not he... talking about Paddington 2, are you? <laughs> no. no. Oh, okay, it, all right, go on. I, I think he even played like a, a killer. Do you know what? Oh, wow. Afterwards, mate, I'll find out and I'll, and I'll text yeah, you. No, but but he, he, was, I, he was like I've a. Only ever seen, I've only ever seen him basically play the same character in everything. So if he, there is something out there of him doing something different, I'd be interested to see it. Yeah, he, he was like a real Cockney character as well, like quite just quite scary. And he's like, that's not the Hugh Grant oh. I know. <laughs> well, that'll be fun to watch, actually. There you yeah, go. All right, yeah. <laughs> I'll find uh, it for you. Anyway, uh, hi. <laughs> yeah, it's the Spurs News Podcast, not uh, Sam and Matt's film review, which is out next week. Um, yeah, so as the uh, elongated intro possibly suggested with the Godfather waltz, by the way, man, that that was stupid. I knew exactly what I wanted to put on for that. I was like, oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> It's not the Godfather theme. Like the actual theme to the film is completely different. It's it's literally called the Godfather Waltz. Do you think I could work that out yesterday? I'm sort of like <laughs> in between doing things, I just couldn't find it. I'm like, I know this piece of music. Have I imagined it all these years? What the hell? <laughs> but anyway, I found it in the end. Um, before we go on to welcoming Antonio, I think it's a good idea to sort of uh, talk about the Nuno era. Um, you know, kind of like we'll address that and then we can move on like the club's moving on. Um, mate, me and you were both kind of, wasn't the one we wanted, seems a good coach, seems a good guy, you know, let's get behind him. <laughs> um, I think, I, I don't know, I think it happened at different points for us, but both of us reached the same conclusion, which is this is just not working. Mm-hmm. 
when when did you hit the wall? I know the man like I know me and you talked a bit about that, and I know you can probably explain your feelings on that now. But when did you hit the point where it was this clearly isn't going to work? Yeah, it was the Man United game for me. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. So it was that recent? Okay, so you and Daniel Levy on the same day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I look. I've said in 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 past podcasts that you know people are calling for, for calling for him to be sacked. Yeah, and I said denied it. It's 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 too early. Give the guy a chance. Give him till Christmas. You know, give the guy yeah. till Christmas. If by Christmas it's not working, then you know by all means, like, let's look at changing it around. But. I think the the Man United game. So it's 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 a funny one because you know you and I talk all the time about the very kind of extreme reactionary uh, emotions of of uh, people yeah. we see on our on our Facebook page. Yeah. And it's not just our Facebook page, mate. Is it? It's like, you know, I'm no, sure social every, media. Yeah, social media in general. You know, and and uh, and there's a lot of anger. A lot you can you can almost sense the like you we can you can tangibly see the anger in people. I I didn't come away from that game. That Man United game feeling angry. I, I didn't. I genuinely didn't. I, like I, I kind of came out and uh, like me, me and Seb thankfully missed Mr. Rashford goal. I mean, he Seb had, had enough by then. He was like, "Dave, can we just go?" So I think we went about the 80th minute. And it, part of the yeah. reason why we went early as well was because uh, there was about eight trains cancelled from White Hart Lane. So we're like, uh, "Yeah, no, I did see that." Actually. Yeah. So it's a 25-minute walk to Seven Sisters, and and the, the last time we did that walk to Seven Sisters was the Man City game. And this is going to sound really, really ridiculous, but. <laughs> absolutely done my nutting because we obviously stayed to the end with the Man City game and yeah, they, they yeah. put they heard you into a queue onto the train station yeah. but but stupidly that the, the queue is just like so basically if you, if you can imagine it's a really wide pavement uh, on, on the Walk to Seven Sisters because it's in London so it's like a big street yeah. they heard you in we were queued for about an hour and there's all these people whizzing past us to the left and we're like Clearly, they're not going to Seven Sisters. As you get closer to the front, you're like, these people just jump in the queue, you know? And it was so infuriating. So part of my motivation to leave early, not just the fact we was getting walloped, was that I just don't want to be caught up in that again. Stuck in that, yeah. Yeah, but... We're walking away, and I, and obviously there's a, there's lots of other fans that are walking away at the same time. I was going to say I was watching it, and it yeah. appeared about I don't know what minute it was. It was about the eighty first or the eighty second, and it was almost like a collective went fuck this. This is getting out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but there there was no there was no kind of um, the, I don't know if it is because it's different the people you see on social media compared to the people who go to the games mm. you know all the time because I tend to bump into season ticket holders quite a lot as well because the yeah. vast majority of the people who go there are season ticket holders. But I was talking to this one guy, and he's and he was just saying it, it, it's just he's just completely and utterly out of his depth, you know. And yeah. and I'm like, yeah, it's obvious, isn't it? And 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 the weird thing was that the 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 key moment I think that, that that's going to define him getting sacked was him substituting Lucas Moore. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up with you because I know you were there, but um, because it, to me it feels like it might be a combination because if we um rewind a little bit to the Burnley game which was midweek the Burnley game we, we actually had a really good following go to that game which by the way just as a side note always makes me feel ridiculously proud because it's Burnley it's a Wednesday night you know work day and we got a couple of thousand fans there in the corner freezing their asses off when let's face it we've not been good no <laughs> so no. I'm always like oh you know <laughs> well done because if it was me I wouldn't be going you know anyway so 
they were chanting. I, I don't know if you've seen this at all, but it's nil nil. It's the second half, and our away fans started chanting "Nuno, make a sub." Nuno, Nuno, make a sub. Yeah, and it was loud, like you heard it. And mate, within three minutes, he made a substitution, mm. and he could have had it planned. He could have been doing it anyway. But it looked like a genuine reaction to the fans shouting at him. We then scored a few minutes later after the substitute was made and we won the game. Now, bring it forward to the Man United game. Fans in the stadium, that massive 17 and a bit thousand stand, you know, full of pretty passionate Tottenham fans. Lucas Moura, statistically, by the way, up to stats, the best player on the pitch. Like, not just for Tottenham, he was the best player on the pitch for everything he'd done. And he substituted him for Bergwijn, a straight swap. Not a tactical switch, not an injury or anything like that. He made that change, which still I'm baffled by. And the noise, like, over the TV, I have never heard a substitution greeted like that. I, how, how was it there? I mean, it must there must have been a lot of people just shouting. Yeah, I mean, we obviously mean Seb sitting in the south stand, don't we? And it was it yeah. wasn't it got it felt nasty. You know, what it yeah. felt like um, occasionally, very very occasionally. I mean, I've I can't even count on one hand the amount of times I've seen it. But you, you'll you'll spot some idiot away fan sitting in the home stand, uh, and you yeah. feel that kind of that tension, na- tension yeah. and nastiness almost like you know and yeah. it, and that's how it felt you know what the what the fuck are you doing like you know yeah. and and it, the only way people like the only way fans could get across that was to boo you know yeah. but genuinely right I, I know you're very knowledgeable with football sam so this is why I want to ask your opinion i know you said you found it baffling but can you can you think of any reason why he did it can can is there no, any I, any I, thought I because I, I, I was watching the game and, and you know from being there live at a game you can see player movement very different than watching on TV. So between us, we should be able to come up with something. You know, like maybe ran past the bench and shouted wanker. You know, mm. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like anything, anything. Just just like cannot understand at all. You know, was he wearing a t-shirt with Nuno out? I I don't know. It's just. Like my brain, I like I watched that game, and he was the only one pressing from the front. He was the only one trying to take the ball on. He he, he was trying everything. And Lucas Moura, for me, is very hit and miss. Like the guy forever will be loved by me because of so many, you know, for the very obvious reason. But in games for us, he's very hit and miss. You you either get a game where he is on, where he presses, tackles back, beats people every time he gets the ball. It's like the ball's stuck to his feet in those games. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like it's unbelievable. And then you have other games where he just runs down, you know, cold attacks. He just <laughs> gets himself, and it's like, ah, come on. <laughs> This against Man United, it was clear he was having one of his days. And if other players around him had better movement or had looked a bit more sharp, he would have created stuff. You could tell he was having that kind of game. Now, I don't know. The only thing, and this is the only thing, is that some sports scientist said Luca's running in the red. You can't play him for longer than 60 minutes today. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. like, it's like a pre-planned thing. Because there's no way you could watch that game and go, hmm, I need to make a change. I know. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing. And like you say, Sam, it, it can only be a pre-planned thing because yeah. we were we were 
was it one nil down at the time? I can't remember. Yeah, it was one or yeah, two nil was, down. It was one nil down. It was one nil down. Like the last thing you want to do is bring on a guy who's who's our biggest threat attacking wide no, and no. replace him with a player who don't get me wrong, but Bergwijn's you know he's not a terrible player, but he's no. struggling for form. Yeah, he's struggling but, for confidence. Yeah, best one in the world. He is a confidence player, and over the last year, you can see his confidence is gone. What happens sure. to fix that? I don't know, but yeah. it's, it was just a strength, you know. And if he changed him, like if he brought on a, a defensive midfielder, brought on another defender, like he was going to change the system. Okay, all right, you know, I don't agree with Lucas being the one coming off, but all right, you're trying something different. But it was just a, a straight swap. Straight and swap. The fan reaction was, you know, I, I'm I'm just watching that like wow, I you know there, there's, and the thing is like I'm watching, I'm thinking there's no way back from this. Yeah. You know, Wednesday night when the fans start chanting at you to make a sub, you do it, and then we win the game. The fans walk away from that, going, God, we're in charge. Mm. And then you, sorry mate, just finish. And then you come to this game, and at this game you got Daniel Levy, the whole board, Paratici, everyone there in the stands. We're not playing well, and then the fans again are like, oh, rampant about that substitution. And then the chant of you don't know what you're doing. I mean, I don't know how long that lasted, but it was clear, like you could hear it. Yeah, <laughs> like, really clear. Of course, and, and I was gonna, I was gonna say, and, and and this is like no disrespect to any any Spurs fan out there at all, but you know these guys, that, that's the vast majority of these guys that sit in the south stand. I know, I know a few that sit in the south stand. Yeah. These guys are, 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 are fans that have, have been going for years and years yeah, and years. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I got a, my mate Andy he listens sometimes, and uh, he's been in a season ticket for like twenty odd years. You know, and he's got all his mates yeah. around him that have been. Around. He has endured it, yes. Yeah, so, but but they, that's what what I'm saying is these. They, you know, when these when these guys saw what happened, it, it to, to be honest with you. Like I was a bit surprised. Like, I was surprised when it happened. I'm like, hang on, I think they're taking more off. Like, and before yeah. I'd even realised what was going on, yeah. I was hearing a lot of booing around me. And it was, if I'm honest, it was a bit like because I'm 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 a I'm a kind of a bit of a newbie, I guess. Like I've only been a season ticket holder for like four or five years, you know. Yeah. And it, and it really sort of took, it shocked me, you know, like that yeah, the the, bet, yeah. the the level of anger. And if I, if I'm honest, yeah, like I like I said said when I originally was making the point. I think it was the that was the moment. I think that was the moment that that signed his 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 yeah. his P forty five letter. Well, I think a, a couple of people said um, when the second goal went in for Man United. <clears> so, <throat> so that was after this. Paratici got up and walked. Yeah. And I think if you're going to look at moments, you know, you're going to talk about in this game the decision was made. It, it felt like you know that that was it done. Um, behind the scenes, there's talk that. The minute the board walked out with Daniel Levy, Paratici was there and was just like, "We gotta make a change." Mm. Yeah, it's 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 weird because look, I, I, I'm not for one minute suggesting that 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 Nuno, you know, is in the same kind of categories. He's nowhere near the same category as Conte. I mean, Conte's won no, titles no, everywhere, exactly, but yeah. but he's, he's he's still not like it's not like we plucked him from. League Two, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah, he's, he's, exactly. It's not. It's, it's not like some kid sent his CV in and got given a shot. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's weird because like he's had plenty of experience in the Premier League. He done really well with Wolves. Like like I said, he was. I've said this before, and I said this to you in the chat as well. That you know he was absolutely adored by the Wolves fans. I, I, it's all like it, it, the potential was there, and, yeah. and I, I don't know. And it's 
Do you know what? If you, if you could, if you could kind of like, if you went to a um, a dictionary and looked at the word sliding door, sliding doors moment, yeah, I yeah, think you yeah. could put that Man United game in a sliding doors moment because, yeah. like, I, the, the thing is with, with with a sliding doors moment, you only know the the outcome of what's happening in your reality. So we don't know what would have happened if we'd have beat. Say we would have beaten Man United two 0 then I think then uh, Solskjaer could have got sacked. Yeah. Conte could be a man. Yeah, could be an old yeah. Man United manager now. Uh, we still got Nuno. You never know. He might. Have, we might have gone on to win the league in a, in a no. cup. But it, it just it feels like it, it was. I, I, I think we all know that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, no. But I'm just saying that. Like we, he, he. Like I've always said he needed time, and yeah. you don't know. I mean, like. F- in the, in the in the time that he was with us, I mean, what ten Premier League games? Yeah. It, this this is a weird one, and I, and I think you sent the stat, stat to me. He he got more points in his first ten games than Pochettino got in his first ten games. Was um, it you that told me that? No, that's not me. The the only stat I saw is that he's the first manager since Christian Gross to be in the. The, the basically one five lost five. Yeah, so so that's yeah. right. Yeah, so Pochettino got fourteen. So in that first season, remember when we beat West Ham one 0 Pochettino had fourteen points after his first ten games. Yeah. Uh, Nuno had fifteen points after his first ten games. So he actually yeah. had more points. But yeah, it it was and just don't, the... and don't get, don't get me wrong. I I I'm like you. I was trying to kind of. You know, there's got to be a time element here. There has to be because the Pochettino thing is the perfect example. When Pochettino came in, we weren't good, you know, from day one. It wasn't like a, an immediate bounce and it did take time. The one big difference for me, and I said this last week when I was talking to Stefan, is when Pochettino was there and we, we weren't winning, we were losing, I could see what he wanted us to do. Like, I could see a clear game plan. I could see tactics, a way of trying to play. And it felt like, okay, if he could change a few of these players to players that play this way, we could be all right. Lo and behold, they did that. And, you know, we all know what happened next. Now, with Nuno, I just kept looking at it going, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see what we're trying to do. I don't see a plan. There doesn't appear to be any kind of attacking cohesion at all which is really worrying when you look at the talent there the attack talent at the club um yeah and that's that's the difference for me but the, the, the points thing again is valid it's just to me it's like we look directionless and, and i wanted to put it to you if you don't mind me just hijacking this do you think that obviously at wolves nuno had the chance to build that team you know they were in the championship or maybe they were even in league one when he came in i can't remember but he built that squad you know from the scratch and he had the opportunity without really any pressure on him to do all of that and and move forward and then at tottenham he came in and there's expectation you know you come in at the tottenham job now with the stadium everything harry kane up front sun hun min all this you are expected to hit the ground running and a 50-50 win-loss ratio in the Premier League and four of those defeats in London derbies with an aggregate defeat of 10-1, not managing a shot on target in one and a half games, you're going to lose your job. It You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you could be anybody. I, I think you, you're just going to go. I, I, it's like the expectation differences and you know you're coming into a, a club where there is a squad there like he had all the time in the world just to build wolves at spurs here's your squad you have to get the best out of it so the sort of thing i wanted to put you and it, it is 
I think Nuno from day one felt like he was on borrowed time. Okay. And I think he took the job thinking this is, you know, great opportunity. It's good money. I can potentially do something, you know, with, with this club and I can potentially do something with the team. However, all the reports now show, for example, he was given the little office in in the office suites. So Mauricio Pochettino, Jose Mourinho had the big office. Paratici has now taken that. Hmm. Um, so he was moved to like this small office. Um, it, it kind of feels to me anyway, and, and this is just reading between the lines, it feels like Paratici and Daniel Levy failed to get their number one targets in the summer. Paratici's number one target was Conte. Daniel Levy obviously wanted to bring Mauricio Pochettino back. They weren't able to do that. And it feels like everybody collectively settled. And it was like a kind of stopgap. You know, do you know what I mean? It's just how it feels to me now, like looking at it. It feels like, and everybody knew. And because everybody knew, the squad just haven't responded to him. Like, you know, if, if they come in and went, right, here's Nuno. He's got a five-year contract. It's going to be a complete rebuild. You know, we've sold Kane. We're reinvesting that money. I think the squad would have been like, oh, crap. You know, he's got a five-year contract. Bloody hell, right, okay. You know, we better listen to him or we're next out the door. But they didn't. They handed him a one year with an extra one year and maybe another year. Mm. <laughs> so to, to basically limit the amount you'd have to pay him when they knew they were going to fire him. And, I, you know, I, I always think back to that famously Aaron Lennon saying the Pochettino in training, I was here before you, mate, and I'll be here after you. I ain't doing a double session. <laughs> I mean, that didn't work out for him. No, I did that work out but, for you. <laughs> but, you can, but you can almost feel it now. Like, you know, you can almost see, like, the players, like, you want us to do what? Nah, you're right. We'll have someone else here in a couple of weeks. Mm. <laughs> How long's your contract? Yeah, mine's three years. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not saying that's happened, but you could almost feel it. And you look at the way the team's played. You look at Nuno's demeanor over ten games. You know, like fairly approachable. Looks a nice guy. You know, looks like looks like everyone's favorite granddad with the beard. And up to the Man United game, where he just stood there and looked lost, emotional. You know, like what am I doing here? Mm. <laughs> just. Um, you know, I'm asking these guys to do this and they're just looking at me blankly. Uh, I mean, there's obviously going to be lots of stories come out. If you read the athletic article about the training sessions and stuff, you've got to kind of look at that and just go, wow, I really hope that's not true. Um, so yeah, it's, it's weird, but the Nuno era started with that great win over Man City ended with a hammering at Man United I think it'd be summed up as a failed experiment for me. Isn't it a funny one how he won the Premier League manager at the pop in August? Oh, mate, that's <laughs> hilarious, isn't it? Do you know, like, for years, people have joked about that being a poison chalice. Can, can, can you give a more extreme example of how that is like? Because I think he won that, and then our next three games, we lost 3 0. Like, throw no, 3 0, 3 0, 3 1. That's right, Something against like Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 yeah. Do you know? Yeah, so um, I'll, get, I'll give myself an opportunity to ask you what you put to me. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think if you if you look at Wolves, um, so that they, they um, I, I think they were in Championship. I don't think they were in League One. I think they were in the Championship. But there was, from 
you know, I, I don't follow Wolves, so I don't know the, the ins and outs of it. But I can imagine, just looking at it, like you're kind of imagining the situation with him at Spurs, that possibly, although, like you know, Wolves are a big club, but maybe there wasn't that that pressure, that expectation to, to get you get us up to the Premier League straight away. You know, let's see what yeah. like you know, we're taking you on. It'd be brilliant if you can get us up there, but there's not the expectation there. So he's 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 gone in. He's brought in a lot of Portuguese players. And he's and he's almost made it like um like you know Wolves Wolves had the their Wolves away kit was Portugal's home kit wasn't it for a season you Pretty know much, yeah. yeah so so he he's kind of brought in that real mentality of like you know this is like a we're a family here you know we, we've worked our way up and he uh, and he's, he's you know he's got the team up to the Premier League and and it's and a lot of players that p- probably wouldn't have been looked at uh, uh, I mean I know Chori's uh, fee is ridiculous like you know but he's got a lot of players that. You know that at the time uh, weren't going anywhere else. So you know he could build, and these were these were relatively unknown to, to, to a lot of us guys in sports in the Premier League, unknown players. You know, yeah. so so whereas now, whereas with this situation with Spurs, he's come in, and like you said, he's been given like a very very short term contract. It's a completely different it's a completely different uh, scenario, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's like uh, you've got players, you've got a lot of players that were playing uh, that that played in the Champions League final. You know that they're, they're, they've kind of they're, they're uh, um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? They're kind of like you know um, they're they're big, but they're not just bigger players, aren't they? Than than than, than at yeah. Wolves, you know. And there's a lot more egos in there, and a lot more kind of you know it, it, it's like I say, I, I, like I said earlier. I, He's, he's not a, a manager we plucked from some non-league cl- club or anything, so he's got experience. But it just become so patently obvious, and, and it was for I guess for a while. But the Man United game was when it was when it hit us all home that yeah. the guy's just out of his depth. He's just completely out of his depth. And I, I know I was talking about you know the sliding doors and if he'd have stayed. The, the reason why I said that you know you never know because you never know. I mean like the true, the, true. the, the, the yeah, chances yeah. are that. It wouldn't have worked, but you know, you you, you do never know. You know, you like Kane might have just gone on this purple patch run, and we might have won the next fifteen, twenty games. It's very unlikely. I know, very, very unlikely. Yeah, yeah. But I just feel like um, it it just had to happen. It it had to happen. There was like you know, regardless of what happens in the future, if we keep if we kept him, if we'd have beaten Man beaten Man United. It, it was just this. Does he's, he's got? He's gone. He's done. And like, yeah, the Lucas Moura substitution. You know, I know people. I know people say a lot about this, and it really frustrates me when they say it. But you know, they say he stands there and he licks his lips, and you kind of yeah, just you picture yeah, him just standing there, looking just just out of his depth, and he's just puzzled, like he's, yeah. yeah, puzzled, and he's like. Just let's put the guy out of his misery, you know. Yeah, and, and we did. Um, Daniel Levy got his uh, favourite firing jacket out again, and. Uh, <laughs> Off he went. Um, different podcast, different time. We're going to discuss the sheer amount of managers Daniel Levy's gone through. But um, well, it is now time to talk about the new era at Tottenham, and that is the welcome Antonio Conte. I'm real, mate, isn't it? Absolutely, it's bizarre. <laughs> it is bizarre. Do you know? Um, do you know what sums it up? You've got you've got a player who like it epitomizes the hate towards us in Cesc Fabregas and even he had to go on Twitter and say what a signing (laughs) yeah yeah and this it's one of those things where in the summer we we obviously as a club spoke to him and there was a lot of uh, press written about you know why that didn't work out there there's a little bit of uh, (laughs) a 
reworking the narrative now he's signed with us which which i mean that's obviously going to happen you know a bit of pr um but the reality is in the summer and it came from enough people that you know there's credibility to this he basically said i i want to win things as a manager and my fear is at tottenham is you don't actually have the ambition that you say you do but to do that, you'd need to invest. And this is what I'm talking about. He like really took a good look at it. And they came back with, no, we, we got an amazing squad. It just needs the right coach. And he then walked away from that. Now, he's now said in interviews now since joining us, he was just not emotionally ready because, you know, he was still in the whole inter thing. So it was just like, you know what? I need to take a break. I'm I'm not ready. Mm. So so you can kind of see, I think, some truth to that. You you can imagine it like someone's trying to negotiate with you, and you're like, look, I've looked at a squad. Yeah, you know, the stadium, everything. It'd be a great opportunity for me, but I think you're going to need to invest more than you think, and this is what you need to do. They come back and go, oh well, actually, you know, we got this youth player. <laughs> you know, if you are not feeling it 100 percent, you're right to kind of go do you know what it's not for me (laughs) and and almost you can almost sort of think to yourself that maybe it's worked for the best Uh, i mean obviously it's, it's not so great for us fans because we're so far into the season and it's not been fun to watch but from a tottenham and a conti point of view if he wasn't mentally ready in the summer and is now and we weren't thinking the squad needed massive investment anyone with eyes you know stevie wonder knows now (laughs) that we need to we need to invest perhaps it being illustrated so well over 10 premier league games is actually going to end up being a good thing Mm. i mean you can never tell with us because you know, there there's reports the day Conti signed with us, oh, that he's gonna get uh, you know, a war chest in January, he's gonna be able to spend money. And that has already been massaged lovely by the Tottenham PR through the press to of course certain players will have to be sold first. <laughs> it's like ah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course you can have a hundred million provided we sell Delhi and Harry Winks for that amount. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's 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 mad. Um, but mate, I, I just purely on the positives, I, I he's a manager. Initially, when we were linked with in the summer, I was like, I really don't think it's a good idea. Um, his style of football, I don't think's that great for us. And he's ex Chelsea again. You know, when are we going to stop hiring ex Chelsea managers? I think it might have been you, or or someone definitely said it to me. Which is, if we didn't consider ex-Chelsea managers, we'd soon run out of managers because they go through them like two a season. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but uh, it's, it's funny, again, because of the Nuno thing and the way I've watched us. To say that I'm on board, I mean, I, I'm close to getting the Italian flag tattooed on my arm. You know, I am on board 100%. I just... It's like, to me, it's like anything... Has to, anything has to be an improvement on what we've watched for the last two years, surely. 
Yeah, I, I, look, it, look, if if you look at this guy, I mean, I don't, I can't, I don't know the stats offhand, but I think no. in some like nine years of managing, or something like nine or ten years, he's won the t- league title in seven of those years with whoever he's managed. Yeah. Like, and 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 people will make the Jose Mourinho comparison, like obviously with the ex Chelsea and and like the fact with you know Mourinho was a he's a it, well, I'd, I'd like to say was a, an amazing manager. I think he's kind of past his sell bait date a little bit now, and and I think Agreed. the proof's in the fact he's a Roma manager, and not a Real Madrid manager or Barcelona manager. You know, but Agreed. I think with Conte, we've got a manager here that's in his prime now. There is genuinely, I don't think I, I think he would be coveted by every club in the what do you not think there's like is there any no cl- I agree like, no I completely agree we, we've with you. got I, we, we've got a world-class manager here I'm, I'm amazed we've got I'm like so still in shock even that he he's joined us you know it's kind of like because he was odds on for the Man United job you know Ollie's going to get sacked it's going to be they're going to bring in Conte but every big job in Europe Every manager at those clubs have obviously felt his presence mm. since the start of the season because yeah. he's out of work. So every board of every club, you know, top club, I'm talking about Real Madrid, Barcelona, all of these clubs, I've just got, you know, he's there. He's like a looming shadow. And I, I, do, I do wonder as well with the Man United uncertainty, although they beat us and gave Ollie, you know, a, a, a stay. <laughs> um, I, I do wonder if that played a little part in them going for it when they did. Mm. Like a few other clubs are getting itchy trigger, trigger fingers. You know, Barcelona have just made a change, but they've got no money. So obviously their change was kind of going from one to, to, to another. Um, I, I just wonder if that played a part, you know, because if Man United, you know, if that game had ended in a draw, for example, or something, and Man United had just gone, no, nah, it's not good enough. And we'd have had to have competed with them to get him. I, I don't know. It just felt like a kind of, do you know what? Let's make the decision now. He's available. I've run, you know, Paratigi, like, I've rung him. He's he's on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, let's do the deal. Um, but you, but you look. I've seen so many stats. I mean, you look at the like when he took over at Chelsea. Mm. Um, uh, was it Hazard and I can't, I'm just struggling to think of the other player. But they they would they would like they'd scored like four and twelve goals respectively, and then the next season yeah. he's taken over. They've scored like sixteen and twenty four or something like you yeah. know. This guy um, improves players, he, doesn't he? He and the funny thing is, he came into Chelsea after Mourinho. Mm. You know, Mourinho second term at Chelsea, he won the league and then he destroyed it. Like the squad hated him. That they were playing crap. They were like mid table at best. I think. I think they were like in the bottom half. Yeah, of the they league were. When Jose got sacked. Yeah, they were. And then, the, Conti was the next full time manager they appointed, and he won the league straight away with mm. the same squad. Mm. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do that with us, but what I'm saying is he has actually got experience of walking into a dressing room that has been Jose'd. <laughs> yeah, completely. No, is that, and, and, and you got, and you look as well. Look, and I know there was there's a thing about the ward, like you're saying about thing about the ward chest and how we've got to, uh, you know, spend a lot of money. But you look at Chelsea now uh, under Tuchel. Yeah. Now, now I know he's bought players, but he's got a lot yeah. of players that that Lampard had. And look yeah, at the difference. Does, yeah. Look at the difference in that and, and how they're playing. Yeah, I, 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 um, I hate to say it, but Chelsea have got things right at the moment. They've got a really good coach who I've always rated. They managed to bring through a fantastic crop of academy players 
who have now perfectly supplemented the signings they've got at the club is so aggravating um, because I look at them and the way they play and I just think, yeah, they've really hit the nail on there. Now, don't get me wrong, it's Chelsea, so I fully expect them to ball something up in the next season and Tuchel will get fired and they'll hire someone else and they'll go through another cycle. But still, it frustrates the hell out of me how right they've got it at the moment. And, and what makes it worse is it almost feels like that season they had a transfer ban is the reason they've got it right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like the punishment has ended up being the making of them. Mm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's not talk about them bastards. <laughs> but we've, we've we've started. We've made a good decision in getting Conte, so we've we've kind of we set the ball rolling. Hopefully, it's with good a decisions. massive. It's a massively good decision. Um, yeah. And it's his first game today. You know, as we record this, it's Thursday, the fourth of November. Uh, remember, remember the fourth of November for all Spurs fans. We played for Tez Arnhem at the, uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I already said White Hart Lane then. That was the last <laughs> from the past. Um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium tonight, kick off eight o'clock. Um, so depending on when you're listening to this, it's either before or, or after that game, he is going to be in the bench. He is going to be his first game in charge. Um, I hope everyone's expectations are, uh, you know, he's not even taking a training session yet. <laughs> so mm. uh, officially, officially he's not because he didn't have a work permit. <clears throat> he just watched. Did you see, yeah, did you see all the pictures of him basically just stood there? Uh, t- and, and it's like the way they've written it. Here's Conte watching training. Here's Conte talking to people to get to know them, not in any way. Yeah, it, I mean, I did see a lot of Tottenham fans as well, um, which made me laugh, like saying, don't let Pretty Patel see this and stuff like that, which cracked me up. But yeah, apparently it's all come through all the paperwork. He'll be in the dugout tonight. Um, so this will be his first game in charge. It's going to be interesting. You know, this is the first time in a long time I'm really looking forward to watching the game because it's going to be interesting to see how the players react. It's going to be interesting to see what team he picks mm. for a start because, I mean, he's known them for all of a day. Um, but, yeah, it's it's like... It's going to be interesting because immediately... There's two things, right? One, there has not been one social media post from any of these players saying goodbye to Nuno, thank you, or anything. No. That's kind of telling, isn't it? (laughs) And two, everything in the press. And I mean, and you know when this has come from players and their agents, right? Everything is, wow, we got Conte. Mm. Like, we are over the moon. Hugo Lloris did a press conference yesterday with Paratici. Let me just say again as well, other than the very public mistake he made, drink driving, which is done, it's been addressed, he's paid for that guy's been an exemplary captain for us, you know, with the way he speaks and everything. I, I can't get over the press conference yesterday and the way he spoke. I, 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 it made me feel proud, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's really weird, isn't it? Because I had the same feeling as well listening to him and, and I was thinking how articulate he is. And obviously, yeah. you know, he's highly intelligent. He's the captain, isn't he? So he's not going to yeah. be an idiot. But isn't it funny that if if we'd, if Nuno was still in charge and he did that same press conference... It wouldn't. It's it's like it's almost like the Conte effect has, has, has struck us immediately, hasn't it? And yeah, it's affecting. It's more positive. And it's yeah. affecting everything. Even when he's even when he's not been interviewed, when someone else in the team's been interviewed, that the the effect you're feeling the effect. You know, everything sounds more positive. Everything's kind of giving us a lift. You know, whereas before yeah. it was, it's 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 bizarre, isn't it? It, it feels like. 
like you know, Levy's probably made for every one good decision he makes, he probably makes about fifty bad decisions. But yeah. this is one. It feels like, and you you never know what could happen, but I'm pretty sure right now it feels like one of the best decisions he's made uh, as chairman. It's got to be feeling that way right now. I mean, the proof's going to be in the pudding. It's going to be in the results. Mm. Um, But uh, right now, I have not felt this good about things with Tottenham since our Champions League run under Mm. Pochettino. Do you you know what's interesting? it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, this is really interesting sort of uh, chain of thought I went through because um, I, I appreciate that we could uh, put on Facebook uh, every follower, give us your name and address, and we'll send you a, a million pounds, and we'll yeah. still get people complain. Like you know, it's, it's yeah, people yeah. we'll still get negativity. But yeah. when the um, uh, a Conti uh, appointment was uh, was announced, I saw someone post, "Oh, we're 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 such a shambles of a club," which really shocked yeah. me because I was like, "This is this this is the announcement, and you're you're." you're first thought is to say we're a shambles of a club and and I wonder you know possibly because he's thinking oh another management you know blah 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 but <laughs> when you when you think do you remember when um Ramos got sacked so yes. we had um so we, we played eight games we had two points from eight games uh, as opposed to the 15 points from 10 games which is weird but I know it's nothing to do with the points you know no, I, no. I'm fully on board the reason why you know I'm not trying to say he shouldn't have got sacked because we had 15 points I know it, you know like I say I completely agree with the decision it was the football was awful yeah. we was getting walloped but I remember I was I was at work and I was on a late shift, so I wasn't finishing until one o'clock in the morning. And and I remember it popped up. Uh, Ramos has been sacked, and then I think it was the same day we got Redknapp. Redknapp we did, came, yeah. and I was buzzing. And I, and I phoned my dad. And I was, and I, was like, I think it was about ten o'clock at night. And I'm like, Dad, I'm sorry to phone you so late, but have you seen we got Redknapp? Right? Yeah. We was we was buzz. I was buzzing, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm hopefully speak for lots of Spurs fans because probably we was in such a bad place that we're like. I, we've, we've... I, I was just yeah, I was just hopeful that we'd now be on. You know, things would be better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But but then you think you fast forward to 2021. We, we've 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 been in a similar situation again, agreed different points, but in a situation where we've got yeah. the manager's got to go, we're all we're all feeling really crappy about the team. I, yeah. I appreciate that Facebook wasn't a thing back in two thousand eight, or if it was, no. I wasn't part of it. Uh, yeah. But MySpace, mate. MySpace, MySpace, yeah, that was where it was at. <laughs> there you go, yeah, MySpace. But like, isn't it weird that you've got someone who whose immediate thought is we're a shambles after taking on. Probably one of the was, top five managers in the world was, um, compared was to that Harry Redknapp. His last name was, uh, you know, Espirito Santo by any chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you sacked me, Dad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, oh, God. We're gonna, it'll be on yeah. Sky Sports when he like Jamie. But, uh, yeah, there you go. But, but I just, I, I think it's, is, is, is it a testament of where, where we are now that, that you've got people upset that we've taken on a manager that's, that, that's probably in yeah. the, in the top five managers in the world, I, yet. Go back to 2008. We was all well, say me. But I presume a lot of us were really happy to have Harry Redknapp take yeah, over. It, you know, it's it's a case of um, I I think there is a lot of anger at the club. I, I think we've touched on it a few times in podcasts, and that anger doesn't go away in one thing. Does does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Like if Conte's in for the rest of the season, and let's say, oh wow, you know, fantasy land, we pick up a trophy. And, you know, we play very good, you know, we just develop a style, we play well, and we, you know, we, we hold our own in the league. I'm not saying top four or anything like that, I'm just saying, but at the end of the season, every Spurs fan feels like it's been a success. That that will start to fade. Do you know what I mean? It's like when, 
when Pochettino came in, I remember the the reaction because we had the Facebook page then, and I remember the reaction of he's come from Southampton, he's out of his depth, all of that stuff. And you know, I and it's funny because there's a lot of people who wrote those comments still comment on the page to this day. Sure. And I've got I've got a freaking hell of a memory. I, I genuinely have. And when it comes to stuff like that, I laugh on a fairly regular basis at these people. And I'm like, you're going through the same cycle. It's like mm. you're going through... The... Because they then became like the biggest Pochettino fans in the world. And then, you know, when we sacked him, it was like the devastation. And I don't get me wrong, I felt it. But, you know, and then they, then they were like Jose out from week one. And then, and then they were Nuno out from day one. And now Conte's come in. It's, it's, it's not so much I don't... Do you know, like you said about we could offer everyone a million pounds and still someone would moan. I think that's how it is with the club at the moment. I think the club could literally go, right, here's Conte. Um, Enoch have given us a billion pounds just to spend on players. They've said, screw it, have fun. Um, you know, they've paid off the debts, all the stadiums. So all the money we come in now goes straight into the football. Uh, you know, let's go for it. Let's try and win stuff. And there would still be fans going, whatever. <laughs> and it's because of the mistrust. You know, it's mm. because of the the experience. And, and and it's true because I've said it to you as well, which is I am ridiculously enthusiastic about where we are right now. But there is a big part of me going, calm down. Yeah, you know, sure. We, we've been here before, Sam. Killed off. Fuck out. And that's the problem. Until until we actually get to experience that, that, relevo- that, you know, that kind of release and we get to feel... Oh, proud of our team again there's still going to be that anger there's still going to be and don't get me wrong I've said this to you before and me and you both know it's true we could literally win the Premier League FA Cup League Cup Champions League in the same season and there would still be fans on our page moaning about something oh completely yeah so you are never going to please you know, all you know, the people. You know what be because we still we still got the AI AI red on the shirt. Yeah, that'd, that'd be it. Yeah, that'd be it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it would have been better lifting all those trophies if we didn't have red on us. That's it. That's it. This person dies, and and the murder's going to be just. Uh, but yeah, mate, it is time if you're happy to head across to the fan questions from our Instagram and Facebook page. Let's go, mate. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. We are going to start with Instagram. Um, because there's three on there, whereas Facebook there's a lot more. Uh, Instagram, Jake Bennett 17 says, First of all, hope you're both well. Uh, thank you, yes, doing okay. Uh, what, are you, what are your take on the club's handling of the appointment sacking of Nuno? Although both results and performances have been poor, I felt for Nuno. With everything going on with the manager hunt in the summer, etc., uh, everyone around the club knew Nuno wasn't the top choice and I don't think the players ever got behind him. Secondly, do you think Conte can have any success with us? I fear our problems might be too deep-rooted and higher up. Sorry for the pessimistic question. I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing how we set up under Conte. Look after yourselves, lads. Um, I think we've actually kind of already answered this, Jake. I hope I hope we have. Anyway, I think I think we've already kind of discussed at length the Nuno thing and our feelings on it. And funnily enough, we've basically just said the same thing as you have then about Conte. Like we're really enthusiastic, but there's that little nagging Tottenham voice yeah, <laughs> going, sure. "Just just chill, just chill. Don't get too carried away." <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, hopefully we have Jake. Um, uh, 
Diasporian One says, obviously on a high after the news of Conte signing, after being very, very low after the loss to United. Thanks, Ollie. Question. Do you believe Skip will have a place in the starting eleven going forward? A lot of people are asking that, and it surprised me. Have, have I missed something with Antonio Conte where he hates defensive <laughs> midfielders? <laughs> I think that, I think a lot of uh, a lot of people are sort of speculating as to the formation he's going to play, and and uh, yeah. he, he he likes the three at the back with the two wing backs, isn't he? And and, and I think that might mean that it's either going to be Hoybier or Skip. And I guess Hoybier would would win that, I guess, or well, not for me, but no, yeah. <laughs> no one replaces it. <laughs> but to be honest with you, even if that's the case, that ain't a bad thing, you know. We we play what forty, fifty games in a season across all these competitions. Them two rotating ain't a bad thing. Mm. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I've just seen it a lot, and I'm like, really. <laughs> Why? Why would anyone in their right mind even consider letting Skip go? It was. Um, it was. I, I, look, I don't want to beat this guy up because I think he's fantastic. But he was fought for the second goal, wasn't he? <laughs> Sunday. I know it's only one mistake, but um, I, was like, I, think, I think you will find it was the pass to him right. that led to that. You won't have it. You won't have it, Sam. Will you? <laughs> I, I will not have anything. There was a bobble on the pitch. The sun was in his eyes, and no, he was fine. He did nothing wrong. Everyone shut up. <laughs> Um, finally, uh, from Instagram, we have a question from the man who has his own theme. It's the Mountain Man. He's a man. Such a man. Such a man. He's a ever start something and wish you hadn't oh i love it do you know what the guy deserves his thing tune he deserves it no 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 he does it just i now get emails from people going what have i got to do to get my own theme you gotta have a cool name uh, yeah you gotta have a cool name on instagram like you got like something like diaz philip one 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 three three three. You're never going to get a theme tune. Yeah, but... you're not going to get a theme tune. But if you're the Mountain Man or <laughs> Island Brother or something like that, you will get something. <laughs> See, I, this is just opening up problems. I can almost feel some of our listeners going, "Right, you bastard, I'll have you." Um, so the Mountain Man says, "Will Conte stop Harry Kane from taking free kicks? <laughs> will somebody please stop Harry Kane from taking free kicks?" Also. Who will be clearing their locker out come January? Um, the Harry Kane free kicks thing's hilarious. Um, it's bizarre, isn't it? Because, like, do you know what? Funny enough, we was talking. It wasn't the Man United game. It was, what was the last one? Villa two one. Yeah. And I think he took a free kick. And everyone. Yeah. And again, this is you know, I'm I'm happy to take take opinions of people I sit around in the south stand. Yeah. They're like, why is this guy taking free kick? No, like, like, I don't I, get I, it. Like, think of a time he scored a free kick, and the only one I can think of was that one, funnily enough, against Villa, which, which took, took a, a huge deflection. deflection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I, I don't get it. It's, I, yeah, it's bizarre. It's like in training, he drills them in from 35, 30-odd yards, free kicks every day, and everyone's like, wow, he's the best free kick taker at the club. And then you get the game time, and it just hits the wall. <laughs> did you know, talking about uh, Harry Kane, though, and, and, and taking free kicks and being outside the box, I did read somewhere that um, they think that Conte is going to have him 
it, it, where he should be yeah, in the box, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think I've that's that as well, I think yeah. that's going to be quite. A... Yeah, it, that that all stems from an interview with Conti talking about Tottenham. He was doing analysis on a game we were playing, and he basically uh, under Jose, and he basically said for him, he's like Harry Kane's the best striker in the world. So although he has the ability to link play and do all these other things you want him in the box and you want to set your team up to give him chances. Mm. He said, because if you give him chances, he'll score. Mm. It's like, it's not even... Because he said about Lewandowski, he said, these are guys that are just clinical. So you set your team to create for them because they will score your goals. Um, So because of that interview, people are very much thinking, it's like, Harry, here's the box. Never leave it. But but don't don't you think, though, like... That that you know it it makes sense. Does it just make well, sense? Oh, don't get me wrong, mate. Of course it does. Yeah, but then at the same time, and I will say this: the way Tottenham set up under Jose was this counter-attacking style. Harry dropping deep and Son running beyond really worked. Yeah. Until everyone in the league worked out. Worked out, yeah, exactly. And then Jose just kept trying it. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, the Mountain Man. Uh, who's going to be clearing out their locker? Uh, if we're going to pick one player each. I'll pick Harry Winks. Oh man, I f- it's I'm gonna f- sad for me, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, mate, I think maybe unless he really improves, Lacelso potentially, because I just don't yeah, think he's he's true. he's settled in. I don't think he's no, no. It's a it's a good shape for both of them. To uh, be fair, I, I I like I like them both, but at the same time, you've got to look at it and go, it ain't working. And mm. what are they bringing to the squad? What are they bringing to the first team? And at the moment, it's very little. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see the players and the differences, though, because I remember a guy called Victor Moses at Chelsea, who, let's face it, was just a waste of a Chelsea squad number. But after Conte got hold of him, he was the most important player in that team for the yeah, season. Yeah, he was, mate. And And then Conte left, and he vanished up his own ass again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know. Like, a coach can have such a difference with players. Uh, but anyway, heading over to Facebook, uh, Mark Ivy opens up with, has Joe Lewis finally dipped his hand into his pocket and pulled out some cash to fund the rebuild? Um, I can answer that quite easily. Yeah, it starts with no. an M. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. He's currently yacht shopping off Monaco. <laughs> um, do you know what? I'd love that to be a joke, but it's not. Yeah, he, he um, his current yacht's not big enough, apparently. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's a different world, isn't it? Mm. Um, John Coys Hannam, once again, the greatest middle name for any Tottenham fan. Uh, if Conte delivers top four performance in the league, i.e. averaging 1.75 points per league game, Jesus, John, you're a stats guy, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and he wins us a trophy. Would it be safe to suggest that Enoch might actually be doing right by Tottenham? If we can go from Ramos relegation performance to Redknapp Champions League performance overnight, surely we can expect a dramatic improvement immediately from Conte. He's, he's a co- Conte's uh, a coach, isn't he? He's, he's, he's a proven he's, coach. Yeah, he is. I, I do think it's a little bit dangerous to expect it to happen overnight. You know, like literally, like we got a game today and we got games coming thick and fast. He's had. He's observed, sorry, one training day. <laughs> um, I, I think figuratively, figuratively speaking, try saying that. I think, I, I, think it, oh, yeah. I think he overnight 
Yeah, you can. I mean, not literally overnight, but... I, I do think we should see a difference. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching tonight's game genuinely excited to see a difference. You know what I mean? Like a lift. Like the players, a few of them smiling. Like, you know what I mean? Just I just want to see something that shows that the whole place has had the kick at the ass that, that we, the fans, have had from this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But yeah, John, I mean, I'm really... Yeah, I'm really kind of hopeful with this really hopeful but yeah I, I keep saying it. I, I got that kind of you know experience as a Tottenham fan going chill dude listen um, listen I took two things very quickly first thing before I forget that middle name Coyes there was a boy there was so the, with us with the um uh, uh ball, oh, what are they called why is my mind just the guys the, 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 the kids that are involved normally come on the pitch Mascots. Oh, the mascots. Mascots, yeah. that's the word I was looking yeah, yeah, yeah. for. Uh they they don't the mascots don't come out now. They just before the game, they yeah. basically pop up on the big screens and they, they they give a score prediction and they oh, okay. and they uh name their favourite players. And it's normally eleven never eleven mascots, like obviously one for each player. Yeah, yeah. And about nine of the eleven always say Kane and Sud, which is fantastic. Yeah. And 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 normally eleven times out of eleven they predict a Spurs win. Although funny enough, one of the one of the mascots lot the Man United game predicted a loss. And I think that, so they're obviously going right. But Brilliant. one one of the mascots was eight and he was called Lennon. And I'm like, you have blatantly been named after Aaron yeah. Lennon. It's just fantastic. But the second yeah. thing I was going to say in regards to what you've just said about your temper and your excitement yeah it's something and a sort of an analogous kind of thing that i've mentioned before which was when i was watching a game with my my little brother so he's little he's in his mid-30s now and <laughs> yeah, uh younger yeah and we was watching watching the game and we scored and i went mental and he just sort of sat there and i was like what are you doing he went well because you know it's not the end of the game is it he said i'm not going to get excited yet because and yeah, it's like you're no, missing the I point and, and i and i think no, I, I, you are right yeah and I, and I know you're right and yeah. and if we score tonight i'll still be celebrating like a loon um it, I, embrace it sam embrace it whatever I, happens I, happens I, let's I'm be trying. excited i'm trying <laughs> I, I promise uh, Liam Hickey says, "What will Conte change? What is his priority and realistic expectations for the season?" Um, I, I, uh, Formation, change, mentality. Yeah, I, I think just having a clear direction of this is how we play and this is what I expect of you appears to be something that was alien to Nuno. Mm. Um, everything that's being written, everything that's coming out, it just seems to be a case of they are. I mean, anyone watch, they're directionless. This is a squad of players who genuinely look like they don't know what they're supposed to do. Now, Pochettino was a coach who worked with individuals and the teams in small groups and then as as the eleven to create patterns of play and to create a kind of, right, you are the left-back and this is the expectations of you as the left-back. You don't go there, <laughs> you know. You, you get up and down the pitch, but you do this. You cover here. You do this. If this happens in a game, you should be here. If this happens in a game, you like, really micromanage almost the coaching level. But it just meant that the players knew exactly in every single scenario what they should be doing. Mm. And we all saw the results of that, which, to be honest with you, the results of that are players who possibly don't have the kind of ability on their own looking a million bucks you know yeah sure talk about just a few players that Pochettino changed like Danny Rose before Pochettino was a average Premier League left back at best he was the best in Europe mm. within a season yeah. Carl Walker was deemed inconsistent and, and the same as a right back 
arguably still is one of the best right backs in Europe. I, I'm still blown away by his performances sometime at Man City. All of these players look different. You know, another example of when he was at Southampton is Snyderland. Snyderland looked like the best defensive midfielder ever. He, he left Pochettino and he was lost. He went you to know, Man U, he, didn't he? And he yeah, he, he went to Man U, the then went to Everton. Yeah. Never the same player. Never. Because he just didn't have that same coaching, you know, and, and tactical and game awareness because he wasn't sure what to do. Now, it's a criticism you can levy the modern player that they don't have that. But at the same time, you can go the other way, which is accepting that is the way the modern game is. Mm. And you appoint a coach who does that. And a Conte, like Pochettino, will make sure every single player knows every single position they should be in, how they should react to different scenarios, where they should be. He will micromanage it down to the infinite detail. So the players are left in no doubt. There's no stress. There's no kind of, oh, no, I don't know what to do. In every scenario, they will know. Yeah. And that is what he's going to bring. And that, I hope, will then give that team that confidence in what they're doing and we'll see better performances. Um, we've, also, yes. we've also got, uh, you look at some of the players like Royale and Doherty, these are guys that look yeah. more comfortable as wing-backs. So if he does go yeah, for that true. sort of yeah. three at the back with the two yeah. wing, you'd feel like you get more out of these players. I mean, some... like Doherty has, has never been the same. And, and the ironic thing yeah. is he played as a wing-back for Wolves under Nuno, Nuno yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I know. I'll tell you something that's quite interesting, is there's an interview in in Italy with Conte, so he accepted the job and he flew to London and he gave an interview before he left, but someone grabbed him, Di Marizzo, in the airport, mm. and he just very quickly, you know, what do you think of Tottenham, you know, what was he, and one of the things he said was, he said, I was actually blown away by the signings they made right. in the summer. He was like, you know, I spoke to them. We talked about different things, different aspects of the team, and then, then we didn't, you know, we didn't come together. But he, he described Romero as probably one of the best defenders in European football right now. Oh, the and guy he's like, is good. And, yeah. and he's like, and Tottenham got him. Mm. He's like, they're not in the Champions League or anything like that. He said, but they they showed me in that that they are more than willing and capable of achieving goals. So it was quite. I, I find that quite interesting. I find that quite interesting. That perhaps he looked at that and went, "Oh wow, okay." The club, you know, the club has a pulling power, and B. And he worked with Paratici at Juventus for seven years. So that's the, you know they've got an established relationship. So that's quite. It's going to be interesting anyway. Um, Michael Joseph says, "Curious if you guys think that Levy knows he messed up by not getting this deal done before the season." And do you think Levy will let him spend what he needs to get this team up and running again? Um, Levy's not going to change. No. That's, you know, people can't have this idea in their heads that he's going to suddenly go, do you know what? Let's let's go near bankruptcy and take a chance. It's just not him. No. He, he won't. He won't do it. And Enoch, our owners, are not owners who are going to invest money. So... When you see all these stories written about 100, 150 million pound war chests, it's because they're relying on player sales. Mm -hmm. If we sell the players who are surplus, then you'll have the money to spend, but it, they're not injecting cash. Um, do I think Levy knows he got it wrong? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, and, um, and, and but, also, but, I was going to say to Sam as well, you know, the, the fact that, you know, you touched upon the fact that Conte said that he was impressed by the signings. You almost feel like yeah. that's money that he's spent in his mind, you know, yeah, on these yeah. players, you yeah. know, so 
Yeah. It's, it's not going to yeah, be it's, that it's, massive. It's inter- yeah. No, it's interesting. Um, Stuart Burgess says, can a new manager get a better performance out of the group or is there still significant squad changes? Um, funnily enough, Stuart, we just touched on that, so hopefully you feel we've answered it. I, I, I genuinely believe a good coach can make an average player look fantastic in, in the right system, in the right way of going. I think he's, he ain't going to be able to do it overnight because he's got to assess these players in games and in training. But yeah, I mean, um, in his interview, he's you know he's already said the first talk with the squad. He called a team meeting and he told the squad, "If you listen to me, I will make all of you better." And and I and I believe him. Mm. I believe him based on his track record. Yeah. Uh, Nick Cook says, as fans, we talk of the Spurs DNA, a style of play. Given how bad a watch it's now been under Nuno and Jose before, how important do you think it is for Conte to produce a Spurs style? For me, I want to see a hundred percent commitment from the players. I think if they do that, then the style will shine through anyway. I agree with that. Massively important. I, I, I said um, when I when I messaged you guys after the Man United game, I, I told you uh, that that my dad always uh, texts me after yep. after yep. we lose a game, and he always it's always along the lines of I feel really sorry for you for wasting your money, and it infuriates yeah. the fucking hell out of me. I can't, you know, yeah. I, because I I I'd, I'd buy my season ticket fully expecting us not to win 19 games I mean even Man City don't win 19 games they're home they're 19 games so you can't associate spending money on us winning but at the same time you kind of want to if we're going to you know we're going to lose but you want to kind of see us put a performance in and that Man United game there was just no performance and I, I I didn't see it as a waste of time only because I I saw that you know the, the legend Ronaldo that's another that's another tick off my off my bucket list after seeing Messi in the uh, Champions yeah. League, but um, at the same time, yeah, it, it, to to see to see the, the the club's DNA go back into like you know see the way we we expect to see Spurs play. No, you know you don't like say I don't go in and expect us to win every game, but I expect no. us to put in that Spurs performance that I've known over the years, and that yeah. was the the polar opposite. Of, of, of what you expect to see going to going to the stadium, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Agreed. Um, Matthew Fleming says, which players do you guys think will improve under Conte and which players will be cast aside? P.S. Hope you're feeling a bit better now, Sam. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I'm doing much better. I still coughing, unfortunately, but I'm trying to edit all that out so hopefully you won't hear it. Um, but yeah, which players do I think will improve? I mean, we were kind of touching on this already. I genuinely think all of them can. You know, there, there's not a player there who I don't think at the moment could not improve. Um, if we work on the base level of Nuno Spurs, <clears throat> Harry Kane is a shambles <clears throat> right now. And so he might improve to the level he has been in the past, you know, and all of us would just be like, well, he's back where he was. But that's still improving from where he is because damn, he is awful at the moment. Yeah, completely. And also, like I like I said, if he does, if he does, as expected, go for that kind of um, free at the back with the wing backs, and I think you'll see a lot yeah. more out of the likes of Royale and and Doherty and uh, yeah. players like that. I mean, like even even I think Hoybier has always been a really important player for us, but I can yeah. really see him being you know getting getting so much more out of him even. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Um, Peter Robinson, uh, Peter, you've written a small essay, my friend. Um, so I'm going to do my best with this. Uh, is anyone sad that there are now very few homegrown players who are likely to be playing regularly in the first team in the future under Conte if some of the potential signings are to believed? 
Um, how does this affect UEFA homegrown rule? Firstly, Peter, I think we can address this straight away. Every single transfer story you're reading is nonsense. And I can say that with like a 100% hand-on-heart certainty. And the reason I can say it is for twofold. One, it happens every time a club points a new manager. That you get linked left, right and centre with players from their past clubs, this, that and the other. All of it is just journalists filling column inches to try and capitalise on Tottenham fans who are excited about the new manager. And two, Paratici literally said in the press conference yesterday... There has been no discussion about January transfer window because you wouldn't do that yet. He needs to come in, he needs to assess the squad, he needs to work with the players, and then they will have that conversation, which, when you think about it, is obvious. Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he ain't going to be able to go, oh, right, well, I need this and the other, until he's come in and worked with the players. Um, but, yeah, I, so anything at all like that in a moment, completely rule it out. Um I can see where you're going with this with regards to the sort of homegrown players and stuff. It kind of goes in cycles. I think if you think back over the team, in the Premier League era anyway, if you think back over the team, we have had situations in the past where we've had a lot of English, like a real core English element to the side, and we've had times where that's faded away. I remember at one point we were full of Croatians. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, so and then Belgians, <laughs> so so it, it kind of goes in these like cycles. And at the moment, we have got a crop of very very good youngsters at the club, who are homegrown players, who are right there ready to supplement the squad. They they really are. I mean, there are some fantastic players there. Uh, just off my head, Scarlet, Divine, Marcande. Um, they are right there. Uh, genuinely, I mean, in the squad already, Skip Tanganga. Um, so the manager will come in, make all these assessments and everything like that. And how he goes from there, I don't know. But there is so much there that could be the next crop that comes through. Like when Pochettino brought through Townsend, Kane, Carroll, Winks, etc., etc., Mason. Um, no, you forgot Ryan Mason. <laughs> that would have been awful. Uh, Peter continues with the state of the art stadium. Uh, training ground, um, non-footballing revenue streams coming online now, you know, post the pandemic, and now we have one of the world's absolute top managers. Surely the building blocks are now all there for the club to be and have long-term stable base with money to invest in, build a team. Um, yeah, in theory, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's it. I, th- I think I think we're done. Um, let me just double check. Uh. Oh, hang on. No, see, I was wrong. There is more. Uh, Barry Fowles says, Conte's a serial winner, both as a player and a manager. He is what our club needs right now, no doubt. But his personality goes against everything Levy stands for. He will want things done his way. Anyone not go in the same direction as Conte will be dropped and he will demand, demand, demand from the board to improve. Um... Uh, obviously, you've gone on there, Barry, but you're right. But I don't think it's a bad thing. I think sometimes we need to challenge ourselves. And I think Levy appointing him, knowing all of that, is him also um, kind of not, not, not thinking to himself, damn, I always get this wrong, let's try something different. But just sometimes you need friction, you need work, you need a kind of 
battle people because that's when you get the best out of yourself. Like competition, you, you, that's when you get the best. Also, you've um, got to factor in Paratici into the equation, haven't you? And you do, you do. I mean, it's going to be Paratici and Conte, not Levy. I mean, that's kind of a, a thing all of us in, as fans need to adjust our mindset. Day-to-day football, it is Paratici. It is definitely him dealing. You know, he's in front of the press. He's doing all the stuff. And behind the scenes, it is him. Don't get me wrong, Levy's still the man with the checkbook. But Paratici is the guy who gets given the budgets and told to get on with it. So, you know, that is a big change in our club that has happened this season. And we're only, you know, we're only a part into the season. So it's going to take a while for us to do. Um, yeah, uh, Tom Perks, do you guys know why Conte has only signed an 18-month contract? Um, you'll see it more and more now, Tom. Um, since the pandemic, everyone's of an acceptance that things are a bit different now. Um it's an 18-month contract, so the rest of this season and next year. My understanding is there is significant bonuses and um, also options for extensions uh, based on targets. Um, so, for example, there's a one-year option in the club's favour that they can trigger any time they want. Um, but also there's targets and bonuses built in, which would enable them to, again extend based on targets beyond that renegotiate etc so i'm not surprised at the 18 months aspect of it um i think you are going to see it more and more uh across across the board they've basically just gone the opposite way of phone contracts whereas phone contracts seem to get longer and longer yeah i know Manchester contracts get shorter and shorter yeah bloody vodafone want to lock me in for three years now just to have a new phone i remember when they were literally handing them over and over first uh martin hood says will the fans know get behind the team i think that's meant to be now will the fans now get behind the team uh yeah i am yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Me, me and Matt are. Don't mm-hmm. you know? Don't worry about anybody else. For any, for any um, anecdotal, but you know. I, I I when I posted this, I said due to all the events, we're going to get together early. We ended up not getting together early. Um, <clears throat> but Bernard Moore said, "Why has anything changed this week?" Ah, very good, Bernard. Uh, and Tom Quinn says, "Who's next?" Now I'm not quite sure what he was getting at. I don't know whether perhaps he was trying to insinuate where do we go next on the manager merry-go-round, but. Uh, we, we've got Conti at the moment, so uh, we don't need to think about what's next. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's for everyone. Thank you very much, everybody. Um, it leaves me with just a few things, a few admin things to wrap up before we're done. Um, first of all, Manscaped.com, sponsoring the show. The wonderful people at Manscaped.com, I should say. Um, and they have agreed that next week, in our 150th episode, we can give away a weed whacker. Awesome. A weed whacker is a, it's another word for a nose hair trimmer, basically. Um, but yes, we will be giving one away next week on the show. Um, our formal deal with them, with all the reads and everything, begins next week, uh, which will be our 150th episode. We're going to do our damnedest to have some fun on that and do lots of different things. Hopefully, we'll have some fun football stuff to talk about as well. But regardless, we're going to have a laugh. Uh, but yeah, that's next Thursday, where we will also be announcing our Facebook page competition winner. Um, sorry for YouTube, where uh, we're giving away one of this season's shirt to one lucky fan. Uh, we'll do the draw next week. I've got all the numbers, so you you get to pick a number at random, and whoever that is gets the winner shirt again. Awesome. Yeah, we're good like that. 
but that's next week. Until then, hope everyone stays safe and well. Hopefully Tottenham win tonight. Come on, you Spurs. And before you go, mate, it's the gentleman. Guy Rich is the gentleman. The film. Guy Rich is the gentleman. There you go, mate. Noted. <laughs> I will look it up. Take care. Mate. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.